afternoon and good evening. Are you ready to take another step onto the narrow path? Welcome back. This is a journey to the narrow gate podcast. I'm your host, George William Pazlowski, and let's go for a walk. Welcome back. Today, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark, chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. King Herod heard about Jesus, for his fame had become widespread, and people were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why his mighty powers are at work in him. Others were saying he is Elijah. Still others, he is a prophet like any of the other prophets. But when Herod learned of it, he said, It is John who am I beheaded. He has been raised up. Herod was the one who had John arrested and bound in prison on account of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip, whom he had married. John had said to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Herodias harbored a grudge against him and wanted to kill him, but was unable to do so. Herod feared John, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man, and kept him in custody. When he had heard him speak, he was very much perplexed, yet he liked to listen to him. Herodias had an opportunity one day when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his courtiers, his military officers, and the leading men of Galilee. His own daughter came in, performed a dance that delighted Herod and his guests. The king said to the girl, Ask of me whatever you wish, and I will grant it to you. He even swore many things to her. I will grant you whatever you ask of me, even to half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? Her mother replied, The head of John the Baptist. The girl hurried back to the king's presence and made a request. I want you to give me at once on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was deeply distressed. But because of his oaths, oaths and the guests, he did not wish to break his word to her. So he promptly dispatched an executioner with orders to bring back his head. He went off and beheaded him in prison. He brought in the head on a platter and gave it to the girl. The girl, in turn, gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, he came and took the body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Herod is a perfect example of duplicity. The tale of two voices within us, good and evil. For some, you may have no idea what I'm speaking of. But for the man like myself, that has walked on the wrong side and listened to the wrong voice for far too long, I can see it plain as day. Most of us have a spirit of a moral compass within us, a thought, voice, or feeling that tells us we're doing something wrong. This voice is why Herod kept John in prison. He listened to the voice of darkness. Our actions have a way of escalating and spiraling downward. Herod knew that John was special, he was righteous, and he was holy. But as king, he couldn't allow himself to be called out. His pride, or ego, got the best of him. And when he was asked to put John's head on a platter, his pride wouldn't allow him to do what was right. Instead, he caved to the request of evil. He was king. He had the power Yet, he was powerless to do what was right. Now, 
we're certainly not powerful kings. Yet here we are, keepers of the Holy Spirit, and far more powerful than a king, for we have the ability to listen and follow the light. We can stand for what's right. We have the ability to put our pride aside and repent and follow Jesus. As faithful, our duty is to see our faults and turn away from them. To turn the tide of evil ways. But before that can happen, we must humble ourselves first and begin to understand that we have a choice and then understand the tactics of evil that's used against us. Everything we experience in our lives is spiritual warfare. There is good versus evil. Every action becomes a chain reaction of events that lead us down a path. One is narrow, the other is broad and leads to destruction. Some happen fast and some take generations. So how do we fight this battle? First, we need to train ourselves. Training requires daily discipline and a humble nature to expose our weaknesses and to exploit our strengths. Our weapons, love, light, truth, faith, these are our special our spiritual weapons. Our weaknesses, our minds, and our bodies. But these too need to be trained. Mind and body so often have a way of working against us. We're designed and built to follow the spirit. But the world has trained us to follow desire and feelings. Self-examination is, an, is a must. Stay in the facts, the truth. And the truth resides within the word. Fasting, fitness, faith, they all go hand in hand. A strong body can indeed lead to a strong mind. When we fast, our body sends signals to our mind. We're hungry. Our mind tells us to eat. And then we have a choice. Listen to those feelings or realize the truth. Those feelings are just a signal. Most will say after a short period of time of fasting that I'm starving, but that's not true. You're hungry, yes. Starving, no. We can go weeks without food. Now, if we can train ourselves to look past those feelings of hunger and overpower them with strength and discipline, it's one simple way to not only sacrifice, but also train ourselves to not be subjected to simple feelings of desire. We are warriors of the spirit and training ourselves in mind, body, and spirit is an absolute must. My questions for you today, how can you better train your mind to follow your spirit? And how can you better train your body to follow the Spirit? Listen closely. Take some time in silent prayer. The Holy Spirit will guide you. I am praying for you. And I'm wishing you nothing but love, light, and truth. 
Thank you for listening to our dad's podcast, A Journey to the Narrow Gate. And if you want to keep receiving the word of God daily, please follow or subscribe and leave a review. Keep listening because God is working all things for good. We love you and we are praying for you.